0: The following podcast contains uncensored coarse language. Listeners are advised that some of the following content may not be appropriate for those under 15 years of age. Hello everybody, thank you very much for downloading this week's episode of the Cinema Catch-Up Club. This is just to let you know that the Cinema Catch-Up Club has an official Patreon page. If you'd like to become an official member of the club and get some bonus goodies including early access material and bonus features only available to our patrons, then please join up at patreon.com forward slash ccuc podcast. And now, for this week's episode. and welcome to the Cinema Catch-Up Club, the podcast for films that you probably should have seen by now. I'm your host Stephen Platt, thank you very much for downloading this week's episode and this week we are watching Goodfellas.
1: Hey. Hey. Yo.
0: It's turning 30 years old and we're going to see how good these fellas really are with, as always, someone who has seen the film and someone who has not. Our guest who has not seen the film, it's our very own good fella, Tegan Mulvaney. Hey,
1: 21 today. No, 26 today. How many have I seen?
0: Uh, this oh, is the 26th. This may be, yeah, you're 26th or possibly
1: 27th. But yeah, what, what's a
0: couple of podcasts between friends?
1: Hey. Uh, how are you friends? doing, Tegan? Oh, good, good. <laughs> I'm really, really tired. So a 158 minute film is just what I need. Uh, Actually, I, but I, mean, I meant that sounded horrible, but I meant that really sincerely. Oh, right. Yeah.
0: I was going to say, aside from knowing the runtime, what do you know about Goodfellas?
1: Um, I know that it's. it's <laughs> that wasn't me. That was the dog.
0: <laughs> sorry, that is Gibson the dog who has also joined us today. Uh, he's been <laughs> a very bad fella right now. Uh, hey. Sorry. I'll, I'll let you continue.
1: It's Scorsese, it's Pesci, it's De Niro, it's all the good things. That fellas have Um, I I don't know why I haven't seen this film I really, really love Scorsese And De Niro films And I just haven't Um, I did watch Casino recently So this is good timing Mm -hmm. Good everything
0: Good, good Good, good. Excellent. Well, luckily, we have someone who has seen the film uh, joining us uh, back for the first time in a little while. It is Mr. Luke Jago.
2: Hey.
1: How, how you doing? the fuck
2: you doing? Yeah,
1: fuck. <laughs> oh, can we can swear on this one. We can,
2: yes. Yeah. Uh, yes, I love the swear one. Very frequent coarse language. Fuck yeah. Fuck
1: yeah. yeah, yeah. Fucking for, A. For
0: anyone who may have missed the language warning that is at the very top of this podcast.
1: Here's your fucking language <laughs> yeah. warning. Yeah. Fuck you. Yeah.
2: You fucking shine box. You shut up for your fuck. Ass. yeah. Anyway, Yay. hello. So yes, hello, Jago. Um, Hi. How have you been? It's been it's been a couple of months. Yeah, good. Really, really busy. One of the lucky ones that got busier over COVID than mm. um, less. So yeah, very thankful for that. Mm. And yeah, just thankful to be watching probably my favourite movie, possibly, <gasps> just definitely my favourite Scorsese. But, wow. Yeah, it is in like my top five, and it could be number one. You know, it's uh, out for debate, but yeah, it's. This is a big one for me It is high up there Yeah Excellent So in a vague Non-spoilery sort of way What
0: can people Who have not seen Goodfellas uh, Be expecting from it?
2: Eee hey, You fucking shame box, You fucking Asshole Oof, Kick your fucking ass. No it's like It's really good It's gangster It's like Coming of age Story Rags to riches Kind of Which you'll hear In the first song um, You know Very violent um,
1: I know there's a Donovan song in it Yeah mm. At a very interesting moment. Yeah. I know that much.
2: Soundtrack is great and perfect. And um, yeah, it's, I'm going to have a good time. I love this movie. And yeah, it's just gangsters, you know, swearing, violence, lots of humor. And um, yeah, just a really good ride. Love it. All right. Well, with all that being said, shall we watch Goodfellas?
1: Yeah. Yeah. Okay
0: okay for those of you listening at home pop in those dvds and prepare to find out how i'm funny funny like a clown yeah funny like a clown as we watch goodfellas <laughs> Welcome back, everybody. We have just finished watching Goodfellas. And by we, I, of course, mean Mr. Luke Jager. Oh, and Tegan Mulvaney.
1: Hey, how you doing?
0: Hey, I'm pretty good, you know. Hey. <laughs> uh, I want to talk like that pretty much the whole time now uh, after watching right.
1: Goodfellas. Uh, Tegan, that was your first time watching it. What did yeah. you think? It was great. It was fun. It's um, a little. It was a little unnerving to find myself watching horrifically violent scenes and then laughing Mm. because everything was always followed by something quite comical.
0: Yeah, it was almost as though they took the entirety of the scene from The Godfather where um, the guy gets whacked in the car and uh, one of them goes, leave the gun, grab the cannoli. cannoli, It was like they just wrote that (laughs) into every murder scene. Um, Mm. Coffee, Coffee to go. No, what? don't actually take it. You <laughs> motherfucker. Put uh, <laughs> um, yeah,
1: it down. Fucking
2: coffee.
0: Yeah, it's been a long time since I've watched this, and to the point where I forgot most of the plot that happened. Um, mm. And so I was like, oh, that's right. Tommy gets whacked. <laughs> I completely forgot that happens in this. Yeah. Um, so for me, it kind of felt like watching it for the first time all over again. Um, uh, Jago, when did
2: you last watch this film? Oh, last yesterday. week, I think. <laughs> really? <laughs> no, actually, it actually wasn't that long ago. I love showing this movie to people as well. So, mm-hmm. you know, if I have someone around, a bit of a movie night. And um, this one comes out regularly if they hadn't seen it. So, yeah, I mm-hmm. watch it all the time. I just love it. Yeah. What is it about this film that you love?
0: Like, what's the thing that keeps you coming back for it? I
2: think I was really starting to get into filmmaking when I first saw it, you know, in high school. You know, 17, maybe, when I first saw it. And um, I was really taking note of just the, the shooting and the editing and the energy and the mm. use of soundtrack and and all that sort of good stuff that you love when you're, you know, really into filmmaking and you want to make films. And this one just really inspired me uh, in that regard, you know. So I was literally watching it all the time, breaking down every little shot and how it's cut together and why that works so well and this and that, why that, you know, movement of the camera was... Uh, really good for that particular moment especially in this scene where it's like you know the whole day of making cocaine and looking at helicopters and mm. you know, one of the best edited energetic mm. scenes uh, in cinema history you know and um, that's why I love it and I, that just stayed with me over the years and you know that's, I seem to always find something else new you know like there's there's so much detail in the background and with the, just yeah. comments and oh it's so good mate. The thing that
0: really stood out for me watching it this time um was the use of sound was the um the the music, the way conversations from one scene were bleeding over into the next scene um and and just kind of it, it's a long film like it's it's two and a half hours, but it just doesn't relent like there's it there's no point by. where you feel like "Oh we can switch the rain off for two minutes here, or oh yeah. we can." And it's not to say that it's all go go go. You know, it's not like um, uh, the Jason Statham film was it Crank, where he has to keep his heart rate at a certain (laughs) thing. Awesome movie. I've even seen that film. (laughs) It's yeah, it's not quite to that level. Um, You know, there are these lulls, but even the lulls feel um, as though there's there's tension in them that there's there's stuff to keep you engaged, and it's it's it is just very good. Mm. Um, it, it, and I, I think central to it being very good In terms of the performance side of things Is
1: Ray Liotta um,
0: as, The as hottest
1: en- man of the 90s Yeah, <laughs> yeah, you're a bit smitten He's yeah. so he's Because he's, he's Equal parts quite scary to look at mm. And super hot Yeah mm. And it's the way he laughs He peels back into this smile And then he doesn't move You just mm-hmm. have this like body shake Mm. And this huge laugh coming out. him. He's hot. Yeah. Ray uh, La Hotta.
0: Ray La Hotta. <laughs> I, I mean, in fairness, though, that fit into his, his wife, Karen, who was terrified of, of Henry. But Absolutely. was like, you know, most girls when handed a gun by their boyfriend would probably leave then and there. But I, I got not help it. Turn, turn me on. Yeah. Turn, turn me on. And I, I think the thing that i'd forgotten about this film was that we didn't have one narrator but two mm. and the fact that the character of Karen was also narrating um how how was that as a first time viewer Tegan
1: It was Did- fun i like i love that trope um i love being guided through a film like that it's quite wonderful mm. um i don't know maybe for me it rem- you know i think of films like american beauty where you've got Lester Burnham's kind of um narrative at the start he's kind of telling mm-hmm. you what's going on and it was it was interesting watching this now and going oh well, this is where films like that obviously get their inspiration from I know that it's been done in the past but it's hearing the characters talk so matter of fact about mm. what's happening you've got such a heightened emotion on screen and this very matter of fact way of going through it we're like, well like yep this is what happened it mm. like it's um it's a really nice contrast. Um, and I love that Karen's voice is heard as well because she's she's such an interesting character. Mm. And for
0: me, at least, with, with films like this, the mob films and particularly Scorsese films, we don't often get female perspectives um, shown in, in this way. Um, there are, you know, significant female characters like um her name's completely escaping me but but Al Pacino's wife from the the Godfather films in terms of like your mob films um she's an important character mm. in those those first two Godfather films but you only ever really see her from the perspective of um of of Michael Corleone you know you don't ever really see things from her perspective um i really enjoyed the fact that even though this is still, um, you know, there's is, there's is still like massively problematic things about the relationships between men and women in these mob families. The fact that we had Karen's perspective and we saw her, you know, admitting things um, like the fact that she she couldn't kill her husband, even though she felt that she had every right to and things like that. It, it just made me engage with it all the more, um, I, I suppose, compared to other... Like mob couples, and I, I, when we get to that witness protection scene, I actually really cared about them. I guess like when they were going into the witness protection and going like, yeah, I, I'm actually invested in this, and I want them to get out, or I want them to be okay, even though they're clearly not good for each other. Um, yeah, it was, it was a weird dichotomy.
2: Yeah, I think it reflects real life. A lot of time, it's really sad that um a lot of you know women out there that feel trapped in abusive relationships. Because there's still something about their their husband or partner just they they're still attracted to, and they just can't leave them, even though it's you know it's going to destroy them as well. And this is a classic, you know, it's just a, a classic story of that where she just gets pulled into his world, mm. and in the end is you know, I mean, it's not like she's as bad as him, but you know, she's just into this world of drugs and I mean mm. her, you know her daughters are there she's she's no better than him in that nah. in that regard and the fact she's like you don't need you know to the police you don't need him you don't need me right yeah you, you, you just need him and he's like yeah but they're gonna get to you mm. you know get to him through you and yeah it's it's, it's really tragic relationship mm. yeah but so dynamic on screen like it's you can't look away mm.
1: I like that they established this idea that you need like these guys can't achieve some of the stuff that they achieve without the woman at home without the wife like there there is an integral part that they play in whether it just be even the the um for the look of things being normal but those women are so important in the these mob guys actually g- getting the prestige that they get
2: mm. yeah absolutely I f-
1: and I, I like even with the scenes where you know there's the mink coat being bought you know um jimmy's pissed off that they've bought a mink coat it's and they bought yeah. a pink car and you know as a wedding present and stuff but they're obviously love there's obviously love there as well mm. yeah and appreciation because the, the and maybe it's led by money but there's there's a weird dynamic that, that mm-hmm. exists of almost an understanding that if I don't have you, I need to keep you here and on the level otherwise, I'm stuffed. Mm. Yeah. My my role in this whole thing is is gone.
0: And that comes back into this again and again when we start to see Henry like, He's, he's going out with Janice. He's got this this side mm. girl, which seems ma. to be pretty common in the the mob. You know, you've got your Friday girls and your Saturday, Saturday girls, girls. Mm. which uh, I'm sure is true. And it's kind of like ooh, gross. But even so, um, like the fact that when Paulie gets called in, is like, look, you've got to you've got to go back to camp. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> you've got to straighten this out, buddy. You know, you gotta you gotta do this. Like, you want to do this? Fine, but you can't leave your wife. I, I just found that whole. Like that 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 whole setup and the whole way that this film sort of focuses almost more on what the social structure of the mob is outside of you know the, the crime family tree which I, I kind of feel like it's almost it almost looked it feels as though it's like a response to the Godfather whereas the Godfather very much looked at like how you work your way to the top and how you become the Don and things like that I feel as though this looked more at yeah but you know, you can't be a mafia of one, like you have to have people that you are the Don over um, or that you're the Don for or the whole purpose of it. And I really felt like it established that just this just this really fascinating group of people um, who are despicable murderers and racketeers and you mm. know, generally, can, you know, not great people. Great cooks. Great cooks, yeah. Oh, much yeah. food in too, this movie. Too much onion. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but, 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 it, 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 but it didn't just, you know, paint them as these, just these cold-hearted murderers, you know. They do stop and have dinner with their mother, even though there's a body in the boot, because she's there and she's made the food for them and they have to eat it. And yeah, I'm worried about you, Henry. You never <laughs> talk, you're too
1: thin. <laughs> yeah,
2: says Scorsese's mum, yeah. classic role, and probably she's, my favourite scene. She's so good yeah yeah it's amazing but Um, there's
1: um there's a really good setup that i was thinking about and now i can't remember what i was going to say because your dog is snoring and it's really cute
0: yeah sorry gibson uh, has fallen asleep and is just doing a little snore
1: his tongue was out before he was blepping and snoring and that was hilarious and now i can't remember what i was going to (laughs) say oh that's what i was going to say um you've got a perfect setup in Leotta's character in henry as an because he can never be a he can never be made he can mm. never be a boss that's the outsider looking in and that whole setup of story right at the start of how yeah. he becomes a part of it it's like well of course he's going to know the ins and outs of it because he's watched it since he was what 13, 11 12 13 years yeah. of age it's such a it's such a beautiful way of like subconsciously getting you into that mindset of of being comfortable with it all as opposed to having to win you over if that makes sense yeah because it's it's already won someone over you're 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 seeing it through the eyes of someone who's already been won over by that world
2: Hmm. yeah which i really like brought me when i first started watching it and that's what brought me in just it's that fantasy of just being like in this really cool gang almost yeah and and you're the kid and everyone likes you and they show you stuff and how good is the casting of Young Henry though as well It's, like, it's
1: incredible Him, <laughs> he looks exactly like him I know him. And, and even Young Tommy Young Tommy, Pe- young Tommy yeah, as well yeah,
0: That's <laughs> the one I was super, I, I mean I thought Young Henry was great But Young Tommy I was like Is that just Joe Pesci They've de-aged him yeah, somehow yeah, like, I cracked up laughing marsh, When man. I was
1: like That's so true yeah. that's him.
0: <laughs> They've, they him Yeah they, they really did a great job And I, I found that That whole opening sequence I mean not the opening sequence Of them killing the guy in the truck But the, the sort of opening 15 minutes Where we learn about what this family is and how they operate um was yeah I, I think it did a really good job of establishing these are not these are not good fellas these are the bad fellas you know they're, they're, yeah. they're not great people but they are endlessly sort of captivating in, in terms of you want to see how this story is going to go you want to see who's going to double cross who you you know you want to see how who's going to end up on a, on a meat hook who's going to end up alive at the end of this you know it's it is really interesting how how the narrative of these you know true events um have in quotation marks obviously because yeah. i think there are some doubts as to some of the veracity of maybe not so much what happened but how involved certain uh, characters were particularly the protagonist henry
2: yeah there's a narrative liberty's taken i think henry hill has got his own like the real henry hill has his own you know, version of events that he likes to talk about and claim as this is what happened, and um, you know, but he is a rat bastard liar as well. Like, mm. in you know, who knows what to believe, but he does tell a good story, doesn't he? Ever,
0: mm. and I do. I, I think it's really interesting as well how much of this film is spent around storytelling as well, or, or like the way people tell stories to kind of justify what they're doing. I really love the way that they use the character of Tommy to kind of showcase um, just how far it goes to an extent. Like, I think Joe Pesci is the best thing in this film. And I've got a big list of things that I like about this <laughs> yeah. film. I love De Niro. I, I love the way it's shot. I love the use of music. But Joe Pesci is
2: unbelievable. Yeah. He's an unrelenting he's, force.
0: He just never stops. Yeah. He never, ever stops. and he, And I just kept thinking... Home Alone came out the same year as this. Like, I just kept thinking, like, <laughs> was he shooting one and then the other back to back? Like, what
1: was he? Yeah, think... did he? I think this. No, this was done before.
2: I think it was. This was shot before. Possibly. Yeah, Home Alone, but...
1: because when you I watched a doco on Home Alone recently, and they were talking about who they were going to cast as the Wet Bandits, because hmm. it was originally going to be Jeff Daniels as um, Daniel Stern's role. Mm-hmm. And they were like talking about who oh plays the other one, and they were like, "Oh, what if Joe Pesci did it mm-hmm. like they were like, "Oh, do you think he would like they were it was almost a joke, yeah, and then it became <laughs> reality, and it how brilliant it was mm-hmm. to have him." Go from Goodfellas mm. to Home Alone. Yeah, so close together, like it was just sheer yeah. brilliance.
2: I think he actually, he definitely did make it after because I think there's a story about him shooting Home Alone and like he kept swearing. Like, yes, he was doing, yeah, that's right. Like, and the fuckin', kids fuckin', are fuckin',
1: that's wh- that's where the um the freaking fridge, 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 yeah. yeah because he um he kept wanting to swear in front of it, but there were kids everywhere, and so yeah. he couldn't. So that's where the freaking yeah. made up a
2: word like yeah he made yeah up a PG yeah. swear word
1: yeah. So that that just that was just added to the in, script. Yeah, <laughs> he's in Tommy mode. Uh, he's just. <laughs>
0: I mean, it off. but Tommy, Tommy is, Tommy is frightening, but is like frighteningly good to watch yeah. as well. And I was like, I, I, I think the whole, you know, you think I'm funny
2: sequence yeah, that introduces the whole menace. Like, you, you just think, who is this guy? Yeah, this is scary as fuck. And then he just turns yeah. it around, and it's all
1: funny and also because yeah, He's Scaring someone he's known for so long Like it, mm. it was Kind of uncomfortable to watch Just yeah, feeling like you were sitting at the table With them because it Obviously Henry was Worried mm. that mm.
2: He's like really? Am I, have I really? Have, yeah it,
1: like we've known each other like You yeah. can see it ticking over his head He's like but we we were kids together yeah. We did But or am I next? Jesus yeah. what? And yeah. yeah it was really brilliant
0: Um Yeah and I, I think it's really interesting seeing how much of an influence this particular film has had on crime stories that have followed and I don't know if it's just because it was Ray Liotta narr- narrating but I kept going to the Grand Theft Auto games because of course <laughs> in GTA uh, Vice City he voices Tommy Vassetti as the lead character and there's mm. narration in that but it was also there's so many elements which kind of came from the narratives that were in those games that they built, very much based around the sort of classic films. I really found the, the trio of Jimmy, Tommy and Henry, um, kind of, it felt like they were all archetypes of the, the mob characters that you see portrayed in things like Grand Theft Auto and in other films that have come, and particularly um, their, their paranoia. We we never see Tommy get paranoid, and that is maybe why he gets killed. Mm. But, but, like Jimmy and Henry's paranoia and how it plays off against each other was, was just really interesting. I, at least I don't think I've seen a film that,
2: that showcases paranoia, so. Effectively. Yeah, I think De Niro's performance is quite. Uh, it's not really talked about that much. It's it's mm. quite subtle. Just his. Yeah he's so in it in that moment especially when he's telling off people for buying too many things you can just see him mm. dominating that scene and and his subtle facial tics or whatever he's doing it, it's just so on point and perfect and even the the scene where he's talking to karen at the end and trying to get her to buy those get um, those clothes oh, that and was so scary obviously but terrifying. so subtle and everybody's being really charming mm. but but menacing whenever she's still not looking looking at still looking around still looking around like it's just an amazing subtle mm. performance from De Niro. Like he, I don't know if he's ever been better than mm, that.
0: Yeah, um, yeah. I, I, I was certainly shocked in terms of um, not mass. It's been about twelve years since I saw this for the first time, and I didn't massively remember his performance. I think because you remember things more like like Tommy's performance, yeah, or you remember moments, yeah. you know sequences like making the food in the prison and you know mm. things like that. Um, but what? Yeah. For, for me the character of jimmy was the one that i was most drawn to this time around and i think it is almost entirely down to how robert de niro plays that yeah. role and i think you're absolutely right he's, this isn't talked about that much and no. it's and it's weird because yeah. he's he's brilliant um, but that said i don't think there's anyone in this film that isn't brilliant well that's yeah i, I think it's a really strong cast yeah even even in the you know sm- smaller roles um I, I can't remember either the actor's name or the mobster's name, but the one who ends up on the meat hook, um, Yeah, Frankie Carbone. The guy from the wedding singer. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <That's a guy. laughs> yeah I, I loved him even though he he barely said anything. He
2: was he was just kind of like he has got this mumbly kind of like he could be in Dick Tracy or something like that. Yeah. Hey, we just had a coffee. <laughs> hey,
0: had a coffee. Yeah, or, um, <laughs> yeah or, or Chuck Lowe as as Maury. Um, yeah,
2: oh, oh great. He's such a beautiful shy start
0: to. Yeah, and it, oh, he's yeah. so strange because it almost feels like he's in the wrong film. Like the the character of Mori just doesn't feel like he yeah. belongs with, yeah. with the mob. <laughs> but he's great and he just brings that that little bit of extra poor Mori. Different. Yeah, I know. That Okay, there were some pretty gruesome deaths in this one. Mm. But which, which death was the most I suppose? outstanding in in the sense that we, the one that made you go "huh," i guess
1: i it wasn't a death but i actually did make that noise when um the kid got shot in the foot oh spider <laughs> yeah, spider. yeah. i Imparioli. that actually i was like i actually really felt for the kid i was yeah. like that yeah. that moment got me oh I, I was all anti- at that point. Yeah. Like, yeah, he's... Kill um,
2: him. He, he, that actor, Michael, Michael Imperioli, gets his revenge back in The Sopranos where he does that to another character. Awesome. It's kind of a little callback. Kind of Christopher I think because they were
1: talking it's about crazy. making him dance. I just, you know, he's going to shoot at the floor. And yeah, you know, Like you see and all the other things. actually shot his foot. Mm. And I was like, oh my God.
0: Yeah. yeah. Uh, he steps what, it up. What do we say for yourself, Jago And I know you've seen this so many times yeah, yeah. that they're probably...
2: I mean, I think yeah. the opening shot and the the car the car trunk has always been quite shocking. It's it's the yeah. first thing, first bit of violence you see. Yeah,
0: it's it's the kitchen knife into the kitchen the knife chest. into the
2: into the chest, and then following up with shooting him. And it's just so there's no music. It's just it it just mm. feels like a real gangland, you know, yeah. real, realistic murder. Yeah, and that always got me when I first saw it, and it just kind of shocks you into the movie. Yeah, um, and I do think Maury's yeah. death is. Pretty, like, because it's so
1: through the back of the quick. neck, yeah.
2: yeah, and it's almost like the aftermath is the drawn out bit where they pull it out of his head, yeah, yeah, but just the lead up, just the banter yeah. and the talking, literally yeah. just to get him into the car, yeah, you know, just without suspecting a thing, mm. um, just makes it all the more icky and realistic, you know, yeah. like this is how they, they would have done these sort of murders. and uh,
1: I love the so setup of his wife, the flash in the you know, and the foreshadowing that's done with um, Karen's mum. Like, he doesn't call? Who doesn't mm-hmm. call? Yeah. And then, like, just to show that Henry's not in it for the love. He doesn't love mm-hmm. any woman. He yeah. loves the life. And because Maury loved his wife, Maury would always call. I love yeah. things like that. That was just so beautiful, tragic, yeah. and kind of, like, made me made me really dislike henry at that point as well he's not
0: he's not a massively likable protagonist but then again it's all charisma this is is
1: like when you talk about how hot he is and like like he absolutely is he's so enigmatic but he's probably he's irredeemable there's nothing about Mm. he 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 even loves himself so much that he goes against what he loves which is the family
0: yeah and the fact is that the ultimate denouement of the film is him going, like, he gets to live the rest of his life, which is something basically nobody else gets to do. Yeah. And he's like, great, now I'm stuck being a schmuck like everyone else. And it's yeah. like, oh,
1: please. Yeah. You're a jerk. Yeah. Like, it's yeah, wet. totally. It And that it really rammed it home in that scene where Maury's wife comes over and says, he mm. always called. Yeah, he always it's called. such a
2: contrast that I've, mm. I have never even really noticed it before. But oh, it, yeah. it, it, it's... Yeah. um. Yeah, it's really effective. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Like, she really... Well, everyone loves the
1: women in... Like, they buy... You see, even with the mink coat, and this is our wedding present car, Mm. and this sort of stuff. I think there's a lot of love for those wives. Mm. Yeah. And he doesn't... He doesn't do it.
0: Yeah. Um, Yeah, it... it, I think it is really... I I mean, it is really quite sad, the way that this all goes about, um, in terms of... There probably is never a happy ending with, with being a mobster really, but there is clearly some of that love either between the, the, the people who are married or between, you know, that sort of community. And like, for example, just how devastated Jimmy is when, when Tommy gets whacked, Mm. um, is, is, is awful. But yeah. it's also the it's thing. It's coming that, out of greed yeah. as well though. But it, yeah, it is. But I, I I didn't sit there and go, Oh, he's just sad because like his the the, the gravy train is yeah. not coming into the station. No, I got really I, got that he misses yeah. Yeah. I, I believe that it was like my friend is dead. And I
1: love like, the awkward mm-hmm. silence that they have by the car. There's two different thought processes going on. There's mm. I feel like you've got um Jimmy who's really grieving. And Henry, who's like, oh, okay, mm. well, fuck, what do we do yeah, now? now?
2: Yeah.
0: Mm. Uh, I think we also have to give a shout out to Paul Solvino for playing Paul oh, Lee. Yeah. so wonderfully well. This yeah. sort of, um, you know, m- the the closest you get to a Don, I guess, in this film, but it's not the... The you know puffy cheeks. Like uh, Godfather Don, yeah. And the day of my as wedding. <laughs> you know, it's more like no, he's just a a real guy. He's yeah. just kind of like, so okay, we're gonna sort this out. Great. Hey, don't lie to me. Hey, yeah, that kind of thing. He
2: doesn't like, do much. He doesn't have to do much. Just like his character, he might have yeah. moved slow, but he didn't have to move slow for anybody. Like, he, yeah. he just mm. has to sit there and you know express a bit of disgust or a bit of joy. Mm. Um, loves his family. Loves his food. Oh, the food's so good in this. The meal. food is it's really so good. I know. I know. We've said this hungry. before. Let's let's talk about it again. <laughs> what favorite meal? Yeah. Uh, um... Uh... I I just like seeing the shots of the meatballs come in down to the yes. table and yeah. the lasagna and it's always accompanied by like great music and <laughs> yeah. it just makes me really hungry and I'm celebrating yeah. as, as
0: someone who is currently not eating a massive amount of carbohydrates I yeah, I was a bit on. annoyed about that yeah uh, but <laughs> but it's fine it's only a movie <laughs> yeah no, um, they
1: made cortelettas which are my favourite Sicilian just a little veal schnitzel things oh, mm. they're called Cortelet, yeah. I think.
2: I, I like the ZD when he's like, he says he's gonna make ZD with the good gravy. Oh yeah, oh, yeah.
0: delicious, delicious, delicious. So, Jagger, you said previously um, that this was like one of your favourite films, let alone one of your favourite mob films. Believe yeah. you said
1: it was your favourite film. Uh, done, yeah. <laughs> but but what,
0: what I suppose in comparison to the other. Great mob films, and we are quite, I suppose, fortunate that we have so many to look at. Mm. What is it about Goodfellas for you that that makes it sort of stand above
2: the rest? Okay, well, you can talk about The Godfather, right, Mm -hmm. and it's brilliant and it's very, it's very operatic, but it's 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 like a romanticized version of the mobster's story, you know. Mm. It's uh, and it's you know it's fictional as well. Uh, You got Casino, which is you know based on truth but it's very grand and sweeping and, um, you know, it's, and it's, it's on another level as far as the, the hierarchy that these, those sort of mobsters are on and, mm-hmm. and, and the lavishness of their lifestyle. What I love about Goodfellas is it's just down to earth in the streets mm-hmm. um, where you know, and, and just H- Henry's rise as being just a normal kid that lives on the street in a poor house with mm-hmm. his mum and dad and family to hang in with these guys who just make a quick buck and, you know, do it through, you know, criminal means and mm. just rising up through that. And I just felt like I could, you know, just like relate to that story by being, being a kid and being accepted into, a you know, a, a group of people that really like you. Like you might start a new job or something and, mm. you know, you get accepted in there as, as a youngster. And, uh, yeah, but basically I just liked the, the grittiness and the, yeah, the, the blue-collar, down-to-earth mm. um, real, real guys on the streets yeah. as opposed to the high-level romanticised uh, Godfather-style mob yeah. stories that you see a lot. It, it does feel as though,
0: and I don't know if this is a problem or not, a lot of the people we met in this film feel like people that I know. Um, or, if, in fact, maybe even more worryingly, family members of mine in, in terms yeah, that's of right. like, like, you know, I've I come from a relatively large extended family on both yeah, sides. Say, and it's, yeah. as far as I'm aware, none of them are mobsters, but it's, it's more that kind of like dynamic of like so many different people, either called Paul or Pete, you know, that kind of thing. <laughs> um, in I, I, fact, I, your
1: middle name is two times. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> that's right. You do say everything twice. Yeah.
0: Um, it's, it's really i i I kind of get that i I get what you mean by the they present i suppose in the way that the mob did in in twentieth century America they present themselves as being quite an attractive option for people who have basically got nothing else or the they don't see a legitimate means of getting out of the squalor that they live in uh and i i think I think maybe yeah, you're right, this film does sort of showcase the the brochure element of of the mob um uh, but then also very quickly once henry's joined up and is an actual adult working in the mob and you know robbing things from Idlewild airport and things like that that it's that it's actually a really horrible desperate place to be
2: yeah that's right and i and i mean also i just think it's the the best made mob, mob film just yeah. all all the technical aspects as well which i really respond to mm. uh the the his camera shots i mean scorsese is peerless when it comes to how he stages camera movement and editing mm. and all that sort of good stuff mm. which is ramped up big time in in casino but i i just like the um i, I just prefer yeah just the way he does it here mm. it's just a little bit pulled back it's a little bit more subtle and he holds on longer shots with the characters just to uh, be mm. and yeah act with each other and it's awesome Love yeah. it.
0: And speaking of those longer shots, um, Tegan, there is one particular mm. long shot in this film uh, where we see them enter the restaurant. Mm. How the was coca. it as a first time viewer, sort of seeing that just sort of slipped into the first bit of this film?
1: It was fun. Like, it's quite spectacular to watch it and in, enjoy, just try and enjoy the scene and what they're creating, but also it's, be amazed by that, that, that whole shot as mm. well and the choreography of it. People in front of the camera and people moving, and then it's not just going forwards; it's going sideways. And then, mm. and then someone's got to talk in front of the camera, and then someone's behind you, and it's very cool. Mm. Very cool.
2: Yeah,
0: I I think it is pretty pretty remarkable. Um, and I just like that it's it's in there, and like it's it's not as though we have many other big long shots big or big tracking shots. It's almost yeah. as though Scorsese went, I just want to show off, and, yeah. but it also fits the scene. It fits that thing of like Henry has gone from being someone trying to get into that world to being in that world and now he's guiding Karen into that world. Yeah,
1: watching yeah. her amazement as she goes along. Like it, it it's not in there just for the sake of it. It, fe- it really feels like it does something to um, to show her journey mm. as as things get more and more kind of extravagant where she's actually realising what she's stepping into mm-hmm. is is quite amazing
2: it's like it's a metaphor for his journey as well though um, yeah. i mean, yes, go, going through the from back and into the back yeah and then all of a sudden he's out and he's in front of everyone in yep. the best seat
1: in the house everyone knows him
2: yeah even though you can tell he's annoying some people when they put the table and yeah, you yeah. can see the people getting annoyed but when they look at him and he says hello they're all smiles and mm. You, get and s- you just get those subtle mm. things and i'm just got to mention this in the you think i'm funny scene yeah i don't i don't i think scorsese actually didn't tell the other actors sitting around them that they were gonna do that and so all their reactions and their faces changing from laughing to like just utter like what is going on here is like genuine mm. genuine reactions and um and that's and that yeah that's just another detail I love about mm. this film is yeah you you see people smiling you know when he comes in from, through the Copa table yeah. down they're all getting annoyed getting pushed back but as soon as he turns around and says hello they're all 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 smiles and you know like smiling through their teeth and you know <laughs> I mean um, look if if Joe uh, Pesci started going off on
0: one just Joe Pesci in general mm. I'd be worried uh, so well, yeah. I think they're fully justified to be like <laughs> oh no he's going he's going full Tommy. <laughs> Um, would you guys like some trivia about The Goodfellas? Yeah. I'm sorry, just Goodfellas, not The Goodfellas. The Goodfellas. <laughs> the Goodfellas. <laughs> They're a bunch of all right lads. <laughs> According to Henry Hill, whose life was the basis for the book and the film, Joe Pesci's portrayal of Tommy DeSimone was 90 to 99% accurate, with one notable exception, the real Tommy was massively built.
1: Mm-hmm. That's very scary.
0: The only thing scarier than Joe Pesci is tall Joe, Joe Pesci. Giant Joe Pesci. Oh, dear. Uh, Robert De Niro wanted to use real money for the scene where Jimmy hands out money because he didn't like the way the fake money felt in his hands. The prop master gave De Niro $5,000 of his own money. I've got a question mark about the prop master just carrying around $5,000, mm. but. Yeah. Anyway, uh, at the end of each take, no one was allowed to leave the set until all the money had been counted in return. <laughs> <laughs>
1: it was all the money that man had.
0: Yeah, <laughs> I carry it around with me. I'm, I'm the prop master. I need it to buy my props. I'm assuming he sounds like an old-timey prospector. Yeah. <laughs> and I should say, all of this trivia is sourced from IMDb, so if it's not true, don't blame me. Oh, I just remembered I never said that at the top. Blame
1: Joe Pesci.
0: Blame Joe Pesci, yeah. According to Ray Liotta, Martin Scorsese was so involved in every detail of the cast's wardrobe that he tied Liotta's tie himself to make sure it was accurate for the film's setting.
2: Mm. So he's wow. the reason that he had those big collars as well.
0: Well, that's what, what I wanted to say. Those massive collars that, that they had in the scene where Tommy gets whacked, it, it really stood out I for think, me.
1: Late I think they look
2: cool, man. For Late 70s. Yeah. It's that
1: cusp of time in the 70s into the 80s where yeah. fashion just lost its shit. Yeah. Bring them
2: back. Bring back the... Big collars. Their
1: way of establishing Mm. eras through seamlessly through costume Mm. and setting and even the cars, like the cars played a huge part in setting up the era of what we know, what decade we're in. Mm. There was always a shot of a car from behind to show the era. Mm. That was so cool.
0: It was. I, I also really loved that we could show just how much cocaine Henry was on by the decor in his house. Yes. Um, <laughs> there's a certain cocaine architecture that yeah. I've, I've noticed is in a lot of these films. First, it's Scarface, yeah. It yeah. just carries through. It's just something about like when you have a certain amount of coke, you have to get weird black vases and mm, like...
1: White leather couches. Yeah. Golden wallpaper. Tigers. Yeah. yeah.
0: Textures. I think it's because you're just that off your tits. You're just like touching the walls <laughs> going, oh my God, yeah. thank you past me for buying this. <laughs> yeah, it's just, it's a little crazy. According to Nicholas Peleggi, some mobsters were hired as extras to lend authenticity to the scenes. The mobsters gave Warner Brothers fake social security numbers and no one knows how they received their paychecks. <laughs>
1: I just kept thinking is he related to Mitch Pelegi, who was Skinner in X Files? Yeah, That's ke- I it's couldn't awesome. get that out of my family. brain. The whole every time that name came up I was like is it Skinner's family. brother? <laughs> <laughs>
2: Yeah, I mean, half the cast from like all, you, all these faces in the cast, like they all turn up in the Sopranos at some point. Yeah, like, big yeah, like pussy Frank Vincent, Frank Vincent yeah. big pussy is in there somewhere. Um, Paulie Walnuts, you yeah. know, is he's, he's just a small part in there. Like, it's just great. <laughs> yeah. Sandy Spot is over. um
1: two faces girl from Batman Forever. That's right. <laughs> yeah. Oh yeah. <laughs> Drew Barrymore and Sandy. Yeah, and Sandy. Wow. <laughs>
0: um. Now. Robert De Niro was great as Jimmy Conway, but yes. um, someone else was offered the role and turned it down. And it is, uh, it, it was Al Pacino, uh, mm. also known as uh, Kate Mulvaney's friend, uh, Al Pacino. <laughs> <laughs> um, what? He turned down the role because he was afraid of being typecast. Uh, because obviously, you know, it's, yeah, it, it feels about right. But in the same year, he ended up playing a gangster in another film, and, um, he played Big Boy Caprice in, in Dick Tracy. Dick Tracy! Yeah. yeah. Uh, but he
1: wasn't. They uh, uh, no, weren't Bill De Niro was in that. Wasn't De Niro in that? No. No, he wasn't in Dick Tracy. Who no, else yeah. was in that film?
0: Oh, James
2: Kahn?
1: That's maybe I'm Father,
0: thinking. yeah. yeah. Uh, Pacino has admitted he regretted this decision later in life.
2: Yeah, different <laughs> movie. Uh,
0: massively different if it's Pacino. Wasn't
1: he unbilled, though? They had a lot of unbilled actors in playing those roles near when they first released it I might have made that up
2: in Dick Tracy yeah
1: oh because they all had the the, all the crazy makeup on
2: yeah I mean yeah there was lots of uh, yeah yeah (laughs) James Cahn I think he's there I think everyone got got their title though like Okay. I, mean, I know, yeah, I'd I know that movie a bit too well. And um, <laughs> the opening credits, you know, like it's literally all it's names. It's there, okay. And, I mean, I've, yeah. I've never
0: seen this film, but I just did a quick Google and Warren Beatty and Madonna are the two leads. Yeah. It's just, just throwing yeah. me out. But you've got. Pacino, Madonna is Breathless Mahoney. Uh, mm. Dustin Hoffman. That's
1: who I was thinking of. Ah, uh, Mumbles. That's it, yeah, mm. Mumbles. Uh, Dick right.
0: Van Dyke, James Kahn, Mandy Patinkin, Paul Savina. There's another yeah. connection. Yeah. Um, There's Lips. Yeah, this is i'm I'm gonna kathy bates okay yeah. i'm just gonna make a note this is possibly gonna appear in a future podcast
1: well i thought this could be one of your flop films because mm. it was a disaster yeah. of a film
0: but how it's got cole meanie as a cop like yeah. it's, as an
2: irish cop i yeah. used to watch it all
1: the time when i was a kid yeah i had a dick tracy watch yeah right it was the best
2: did could you talk to some, someone else with the no dick tracy just, i just remember it was yellow just talk to yourself yeah yeah cool Okay, just making a note. It's Dig no, Tracy. No different to my
1: normal life oh, yeah, without the great. Dick Tracy
0: watch. <laughs> <laughs> oh. uh. Ray Liotta's mother unfortunately passed away from cancer while they were making this film. Liotta says that he used his anger over losing his mother for certain scenes, the pistol-whipping scene on the driveway
2: in particular. Wow. Mm,
1: great.
2: Um,
0: oh, wow. I mean, he's an angry man in that scene.
2: Yeah, what did you think of that scene, how that was just I, I, played out? I
1: thought it was great. Mm. It was really realistic. Yeah. The hits, the everything about it mm. was very... All in
0: one shot, yeah. This This movie had some of the best movie punches and just general sort of blunt violence mm. yeah that I think I've seen it was like when they were punching that guy in the car in, in Florida
2: yeah before they feed him to the line yeah
0: mm. I was just I was like they're they're in quite a confined space. There's some good
2: stage combat right they're, there.
0: Yeah, un- unless they're actually just shoot. They, they, I, yeah, I, I don't are. know if Scorsese's realism extends to, now you are actually just going to beat this guy in the He day. did.
2: <laughs> he did make an actor punch Jonah Hill for real in Wolf of Wall Street because he just wasn't looking right. Because right. You know, like it. it's,
1: <laughs> cause it's Jonah like, Hill. Yeah,
2: well, yeah. Oh, that too.
1: Poor Jonah Hill. I'll punch Jonah Hill.
0: Cool. Well, uh, <laughs> I won't put you two on the same episode then where I can. <sighs>
1: We'll film it. It can be extras.
0: Yeah, that is a Patreon exclusive. Patreon exclusive. <laughs> Tig Mulvaney versus Jonah Hill in a <laughs> one-round fistfight. Yeah. In the documentary "The Real Good um Henry Hill claimed that Robert De Niro would phone him seven to eight times a day to discuss certain things about Jimmy's character, including how Jimmy would hold his cigarette. So yeah, yep, De Niro was was all in. Yeah, and uh, that kind of research.
2: Yeah, yeah I don't. Th- I think he's. He held back on that sort of commitment in later years, but mm. yeah, that's when he was really still going for it. Mm. Yeah,
0: um, Ray Liotta, speaking of Batman, uh, turned down the role of Harvey Dent in the 1989 Batman movie to be in this film. Mm. I think it was a good choice. Yeah, I Billy D. So Williams, too.
2: you know, nailed it. Yeah. Billy D. Williams, <laughs> Will, all right.
0: Would Billy D. Williams, how you doing, how you Batman? Doing, hey, Joey? <laughs> would Billy D. Williams have worked <laughs> in this film as Henry Hill?
2: Yeah, yeah, you reckon. <laughs>
0: He can do anything. Yeah. Just walking in. When I was a kid, I knew I always wanted to be a mobster. (laughs) How you doing, Jimmy? (laughs) Oh, dear. Um, Now, uh, this was a bit of a sweary film. uh, And the word fuck and derivatives of it are used quite a lot. Uh, 321 times in total. So that's an average of... Two point zero four fucks per minute. Not as much oh, as Scarface. Not it's quite. Scarface no. with more. Um, I, I don't know the stats for might, Scarface, yeah. but but I imagine I imagine they're pretty pretty even. Yeah. Um, Joe Pesci says about half of the fucks in this film. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, God. Uh, the script called for the word to be used 70 times, but because much of the dialogue was improvised during ex- uh, shooting, the expletives piled up. At the time of the film's release, it had the most profanity of any film in history, but as of 2020, it's at number 15. Mm. Uh, and another Scorsese film, The Wolf of Wall Street, is at number three currently. Uh, right. What's at number one? Uh, unhelpfully, this this doesn't include that. Mm. So um, I, I think, I mean... Previously, I know it was the South Park movie, but that must have been overtaken by now. Big
2: Lebowski, I thought, might have been up there, but probably probably Mm. not.
0: According to the Wikipedia page, list of films that most frequently use the word fuck... The uh, Goodfellas was indeed the film that had it and uh, had that record for three years when it was overtaken by Menace 2 Society. Yeah. That was then overtaken by Casino in 95, yeah. which was then overtaken by Nil by Mouth in 97. Yeah. Then Summer of Sam took over it in 99. Oh, interesting. Quite That's... fittingly, the movie. Fuck overtook it in two thousand and four. That's a great
1: documentary. Have you seen that documentary? <laughs> I have not. It's so good. It's about the word fuck.
0: It's well, so good. It uses the word eight hundred and fifty-seven times Whoa. in ninety-three minutes, but that's not the movie that has used the word fuck the most. The the fuckiest movie, if we can describe it like that, is Swearnet the movie from 2014. It uses the word fuck. 935 times in 112 minutes.
2: Wow, <laughs> never cool. heard of it, but I
0: must say it. It's a Canadian comedy film written by Warren P. Sonoda. Oh. Um, Who? And it stars uh, the actors from the TV series The Trailer Park Boys. Oh, yeah.
1: Oh, then we won't
0: watch that. In the film, uh, they, the actors are playing themselves as they embark on creating a fully uncensored internet network. Don't know if it's going to be oh, on this podcast anytime soon, but no.
1: there you go. In yeah. the fuck documentary, it's got Ice Cube in it and he's one of the guys talking about fuck and it's got Pat Boone, you know, the old like 50s mo- movie music dude. Mm. Yeah. And Pat Boone's like super Christian and he was, he talks about how he doesn't like the word and how if he needs a swear word, he just says his own name. And he goes, so if he, he, goes, so if he stubs his toe, he just goes, oh, Boone. <laughs> and then I, they tell Ice Cube that and Ice Cube. <laughs> Starts going, fuck yeah! I'm gonna boon my fucking wife. It just it's like just takes it and that's rolls great. with it, and just boon, boon, motherfucker, boon. It's so fun. Ah, uh, that's brilliant. It's so good. Wonderful.
0: Uh, the painting that Joe Pesci's character's mother brings out was actually painted by Nicholas Pellegrino's
2: mother.
1: Aww. Oh, Skinner's mum. And yeah. you're saying
2: you can get prints of that.
1: Yeah, you can. You can buy it online. I, re- I'm, I, I really know. like to get one. That'd be
2: a great present for an- anyone out there for my birthday. You.
1: <laughs> When's your birthday? Isn't just it did. soon? Fourth of August. Yeah I, yeah. I thought so. Happy birthday. Oh, look thanks. what I got you.
2: Oh, well, one dog's gone one way, the other dog's <laughs> gone the other way. And look at this guy. He's saying, what do you want from me? <laughs> Uh, See, he kind of looks like someone. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> looks like someone we know. Just don't pay any more religious pictures, Mum. <laughs> <laughs> love that <line. laughs> Oh, dear.
1: I love that line.
2: Nicholas
0: Pelleggi, uh talked to Henry Hill constantly while writing the script with Scorsese. Uh, he says the voiceovers that are key to the movie um, are almost exactly quotes of what Hill was saying in terms wow. of just, like, how he described that time. And I think that's really fascinating because obviously uh, Henry Hill no longer with us. He passed away about eight years ago. But Mm -hmm. I think it's just so interesting that they they just mined this guy for as much stuff as they could. Unreliable, though, his account may have been. I think it's really interesting that it's, I suppose, his perspective.
2: Mm. Um, And it explains that conversational tone that it has mm -hmm. as well when he's telling it, just like he's just telling someone Mm. at a a bar or... Mm. yeah.
0: Uh, Paul Salvino actually wanted to drop out of playing the role of Paulie uh, three days before filming began because he felt that he lacked the cold personality to play the character. He called his agent and asked to be released from the film. Salvino's agent told him to think about it for one day before making a final decision. That night, Salvino looked in the mirror and was frightened by the look on his face. He realised that that was the look he needed to play Paulie. Well, there you go. Yeah. It's and funny that-,
1: that he would think that because Paulie... Seem to have so much heart as well. Like, obviously, yeah. he needs to be cold. Yeah, cold blooded, but he needs to be someone that you don't know if, whether to love them or be afraid of them. Yeah, like he needs that. He needs that vibe to them. So yeah,
0: I'm really glad he he decided not to do to mm. not do it because mm. I thought it was really good. Um, and I'm I, I struggle to think of somebody around that time who I think could have done that specific role better. Because he, he's not all malice. In fact, I think we don't see the malice that is clearly a big part of his life. Which um, is the
1: point, I think. Mm-hmm. You get to that point, you don't... Other people do that for you. You don't do anything. Yeah, there's
2: something really subtle that he does in that scene with the guy that owns a restaurant is just trying to get him to come in with him, with the restaurant. Yeah. And Paulie knows exactly what he's doing. And, you know, Henry has set this up. So this guy is going to shoot himself in the foot. And Paulie's just being so, like, almost talking him out of it and being so, like, charming, like, well, what do you want me to do? I'm Oh, okay, I'll help you out, you know. <laughs> and, I mean, that guy has no idea what he's getting into. And, yeah. And um, and that's just Paulie's... That, that's his character. That's his coldness. The fact mm. that he could just manipulate this poor guy, bust out his joint. Yeah. And b- burn and, it down. Yeah, and burn yeah. it down. Take it for everything his well. Mm. While they argue about going on a double date. <laughs> yes. <laughs>
0: it, is a, it is a very funny film. That, yeah. That's the thing that I always forget about this, this film. It is, it is marvellously funny as yeah. well as quite scary. Yeah. The final bit of trivia is the first scenes filmed for this movie were the Maury's Wigs commercials. Martin Scorsese <laughs> was inspired by a low-budget commercial that ran in New York City for a replacement window company. Scorsese contacted the company and found that the spokesperson in the ad was Stephen R. Packer who owned the company and created the ad himself. Packer was hired to write, direct, and edit the commercial for Morrie's Wigs so it could look Excellent. as authentic and local ad as possible. Uh, it Maybe. sure does. That's great. I just love Morrie jumping in the pool twice. Yeah. <laughs> Clearly Wigs the wig has up. come off because they can't do another scene. Yeah. I, I just really great. like the idea that, yeah, Scorsese is like, this This ad's Great and terrible. Hey, let's get the guy who did it and we'll just throw <laughs> it in the film. And it's such a good introduction to Mori as well.
2: No, oh, totally. Yeah. It's his yeah. goofy yeah. innocence in a way. And, oh Yeah. Yeah. Really funny.
0: And it's just, I, I think ultimately, I, I'm just really impressed with how, how clever, I, I suppose is the word that comes to mind, but it, it's more than that. It, you can be clever and still not be a good film and it, it it's so well put together in so many little parts i think it's the, it, it really is quite a marvelous a marvelous thing to watch in motion yeah uh, so all that remains for us to do is to score the film and uh, tegan you get to go first because it was your first time Ooh. watching the goodfellas uh, what score are you going to give it out of 10
1: i will give the goodfellas 9 returned mink coats out of 10 i had a lot of fun um yeah you you can't really go past those epic performances from every single person everyone plays a role Mm. everyone supports everyone else yeah it's beautiful yeah
0: even lois wanting her lucky hat and Fuck. oh um, we didn't even
1: talk about Lois She's yeah. incredible She's yeah. great,
0: but it's like Just something about her real deadpan
1: I assumed she was a why, Like she was a, Like she'd been, she did that on purpose She used their phone on purpose or something
0: Oh, never thought about that Yeah, that's yeah. a good point Cause she, but she was a rat Yeah, I and mean, she just pull that you. face at
2: him Yeah, she's like, I'm sorry it's like, <laughs> <That's> so great <laughs> Yeah
0: Oh dear. Yeah.
2: Uh, okay, Jago. What about yourself? Uh, what score are you giving it? Oh look, I'm, I'm gonna give it ten fucking shine boxes. Out of ten, because <laughs> I cause fucking have to. Because it, I, it, you know, it is my favorite movie. I mean, I've, you know, I've probably got about five favorite movies, but look, it is my favorite movie, and it's there's a lot of nostalgia in there. Just growing up got me into filmmaking, thinking about actually shooting and you know, editing all that sort of stuff that I said. And um and it it's a great movie and I just can't go any lower than that I love it so much I could watch it any time. Want to go again right now? Do it. Okay. Well, before
0: we do that, uh, I need to give my score. Um, I I just had a great time. I, I think this is such a just such a well-made film. I know Scorsese isn't to to everyone's tastes. Uh, I know that mob films sometimes are films that kind of just put people off for various reasons. Um, but I, I've just found that this is sort of one of the premier examples of this type of storytelling, this type of filmmaking. And I think it just showcases an incredible amount of talented people at their very best. Um, so for that reason, I yeah, I, I have to give it nine... Well, you use nine aprons, eh? <laughs> Why'd you use nine aprons on him, you dickhead? <laughs> Out of 10. Great impression. <laughs> uh, yeah, it's it's a great film. And uh, yeah, just, just such a... Yeah, it's just incredibly watchable. I reckon I I would be able to watch this one again tomorrow, I reckon. Um, I can't, unfortunately. I'm busy. But it's one of those things where it's like, if it was on, I'd be like, you know what? Yeah, I'm going to sit down. I'm going to watch this because... It is a really great film. And uh, Tegan and Jago, thank you so much for joining me to review Goodfellas.
1: No fucking worries. Fucking
2: thank you, you fucking jagoff.
0: And for those of you listening at home, thank you so much for listening in. Hey, the Goodfellas, real good film. Uh, We loved it. Uh, Did you love it? Tell us about it. We want to hear what it is that you liked about this film. Hey, if you didn't like it, guess what? You can tell us too. Tell us on Facebook. We've got this Facebook group. It's just sitting there. It's free. There is also the Patreon. Uh, We may or may not have a Joe Pesci level in there. Uh, You'll have to join up to find out. Just go to patreon.com forward slash ccucpodcast. You can join for as little as a dollar a month, but that level has no joe pesci guarantees on it and of course make sure you're subscribed so that you can that get that
1: doesn't even get you a mori wig
0: <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> sorry guys <laughs> you have to pay extra for them uh and of course uh, if you want to get a new episode of the cinema catch-up club each and every week just find us on your podcasting service of choice whether that's itunes soundcloud spotify any we should be there just search... yeah just search for the cinema catch-up club but that's all for this week so until next time Goodbye.